0: Welcome to the Americana Station podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. Thanks for listening and supporting. I'm so glad to have you here and uh, listening today. We've got a lot of news to get through before we get to uh, the Eric Bolander podcast. Uh, A little bit that's going on in my life. I'm actually in the middle of a run with the Rayo brothers right now. Um, I'm sitting in my Nashville home. We hit Knoxville tomorrow. Uh, We just did a date down in New Orleans. And uh, then I had the Freetown Flyers, which is the Rayo brothers, when They Play For Me, um, playing in Lafayette, Louisiana at the Pearl. Uh, so since then, um, we're, we're heading up to Cincinnati, we're heading up to Indianapolis, we're going to Chicago, and uh, they're releasing their new record, Villain, Victim and Villain, which is the name of this tour run that we're on right now, on uh, Nouveau Electric Records. So if you get a minute to check that out, they have that on vinyl and CD, it's on their band camp. I'm really excited about these dates coming up, and uh, it's going to be a fun time. Also, if you didn't know, um, as I speak, today is March 27th. There are, I believe, 15 days left on my Indiegogo campaign. And we're only at 20% funded. So if you're a listener to this uh, podcast and you enjoy it at all, uh, just know that there are no ads on this. um, And uh, I don't take any money. Um, I just do this just for the joy of it. Um, But Stephen Dunn is going to do a podcast with me, a special podcast where he's going to be the host and I'm going to be the uh, guest. And uh, it will only be available through my Indiegogo. So if you go to the Indiegogo link, um, which is on all my social media, and I'll try to make sure I put it up on willpainharrison.com, uh Or just search for Will Payne Harrison on Indiegogo. It's uh, my new record, Living with Ghosts the lowest tier is $5 and you'll get, um, the behind the scenes podcast. We won't even edit it. We'll just, uh, we'll be throwing back some, uh, some whiskey and gin and all that stuff and just having a good old talk. Uh, no filter at all. So you'll just get to hear what's going on with the the record and what's going on in my life. Um, I'm always talking to other people. Uh, if you are interested in hearing what I have to say, please, uh, please uh, make sure that you donate at least at the $5 level. And if everyone that's been listening to this podcast donated to that, that would uh, take me up significantly on my Indiegogo campaign. But enough of that. So, as I said, I'm on the road right now with the Rayo brothers. We've got a few dates left. Um, I'm also hitting up um, the West Coast in May. So, uh, if you go check out my calendar dates... You will see me on the West Coast. I think we're hitting up San Fran and uh, a couple of uh, wine towns. We're hitting up Tooth and Nail Winery, and then we're going up to Eugene, Oregon, and Portland, Oregon. But uh, all that can be found on my website as well. I'm doing that with Miss Shiloh May, so be sure to check her out. And her and her brother have a band together called Burden the Willow, the Burden Willow. Um, so. That's what's going on with me right now. Let's see what's going on with Eric. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Eric Bolander's Flavor of Americana folk music offers soulful vocal tone with thoughtful melodies that have staying power. Lyrically driven by life's experiences, Eric's songs will give you a glimpse into the life and realization of happiness can be perpetuated through pain. Eric grew up in a small eastern Kentucky town of Garrison on the Ohio River Valley along the foothills of the Appalachia. He learned through his dad to work for what you need, want, and never take someone for granted. Love and work ethic were driving forces of his humble upbringing. Eric now lives and works out of Lexington, Kentucky. He called Lexington home for most of his adult life. He's an art teacher by day and musician by night. Eric's mind is always immersed in the arts. Passion for the arts is what keeps him moving forward. You'll be hearing that in the podcast. We talk a lot about the arts and supporting each other. And um, Eric is just an amazing guy with uh, a lot of really insightful things to say and um a great voice to go with it so i hope you enjoy this podcast stick around for the end he'll be playing one of his new songs that's uh, being released on his new uh re-release record um two new tracks will be on that so stick around and uh strap in because we're going to talk to eric bolander thanks hey everyone we got eric bolander today from lexington lexington kentucky uh we, we just played some shows last night um, here in town in Nashville, and uh, we're hanging out, going to Louisville later today. Uh, how's it going, man? It's good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you, uh, you're you re-releasing um, your previous album on a new record label.
1: Yeah, so I signed with Eastwood Records out of Louisville, Kentucky, and um, we're going to re-release with uh, new branding, new artwork by Jimbo Valentine, and two new songs that my trio just recorded.
0: That's awesome. When, it, when is it coming out?
1: uh March 29th is the official date and uh you can get on the website ericbelliner.com and and I'm going to start posting some things about that very soon um uh, a couple months out from it releasing
0: so right around now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I guess so right around when this is actually put out so. yeah
0: that's that's exciting man so uh you've been burning up the road
1: uh yeah trying to hit weekends long weekends and um we're doing a re-release tour short tour about a week long with the trio, so I'm excited to take the guys out and and play with a little more uh, backing than solo.
0: Where where are you going to?
1: Um, a few spots. We've got one hometown show, Lexington, and Somerset, Kentucky, down in Tennessee, then and then over to the Midwest, uh, Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana. Oh, that's yeah, that sounds like a pretty good tour. Uh, what are the dates on that? Uh, March 29th would be the hometown show, and then it runs through uh, April 6th or 7th okay cool
0: It's right around the corner um so you you said you're doing trio that's cello and drums or Uh,
1: yeah so my drummer sings backing vocals and i have a cello player um he does a lot of the low end stuff and then traditional cello parts and acoustic guitar or electric depends how we want to make it up
0: yeah that's great so it's it's funny we uh we met at the nick in birmingham and uh and then we played that festival in Cincinnati together. This is the first time we've been to either one yeah <laughs> either true. person's hometown. That's true, yeah. We, we played
1: two shows in two cities and two different road. states for yeah. where we're from where we are from.
0: Yeah, so um uh so you're re releasing that. What else is down the pipeline? You just did uh the Red Barn thing. I saw that. Yeah, one.
1: so we did Red Barn radio. It's Red Barn Live is their the the live broadcast, the concert uh series that they do. Um can look for that on redbarnradio.com, uh, and they have links there. They have archives, so you can go back to whatever. But they do it every week, every Wednesday, and uh, it's a great program. Sturgill Simpson's been on there. Tyler Childers has been on there. Arlo McKinley, to yeah. name a few, really great names that's been on there through the years. I think it's, I want to say it's over fifteen years long running, so it's been it's been out for a while. Ed Commons is the producer, and he does a great job with it. And so I'll, I'll probably have some posts about it. Um if it's not already up, links to some songs or the video that they'll be putting out. Yeah, I saw a picture you brought your daughter on stage. Yeah, it was sweet. Out. My wife brought her out and uh, she did great. <laughs> it was, you know, a little bit past her bedtime. She did a good job. Yeah, yeah. she's only two, but uh she had fun. She wasn't bashful for shy, she came right up onto the stage and looked at the instruments and everything.
0: That's that's adorable. Um you have a song you were, you, you talked about uh you've played it pretty much every time that uh I've seen you play about <laughs> your wife. And running away from her. Oh yeah,
1: so it's on my first record. It's called "Get Carried Away." It's honestly about running away from something that's good for you. Yeah, and then it kind of catches up to you. You know, life catches up to you, or these bad things are good things They they tend to catch catch it at the right moment, sometimes the wrong moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So for me, yeah, you know, I kind of tease that that was me running away from her because I, you know, I, she was in a long relationship. You know that 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 ended kind of bad, and I was I had been divorced. You know, so yeah semi recently just a few years when i met her so it was one of those moments where neither one of us was really in that position it was like oh yeah we're ready to, to hang out and settle down and get married it was just you know we started hanging out and had yeah. mutual friends and then you know we started dating after that but uh so that song's kind of a, a nod to that moment in life but really it's about just in general folks trying to run away from something that in, inevitably ends up being good for them yeah yeah um how is touring with uh, a kid and uh, being married? It's well, it it works great. I mean, she does a lot to help out as far as you know, covering down with with her daughter, and and both my mother in law and my mother are great about keeping her for weekends and things like that. And we also want her to spend those moments and that time with her grandparents. Yeah, because um, both both say the grandparents live out of, outside of town. Um, my mom lives a couple hours away, so it's nice for her to experience kind of the area where I grew up, Northeast Kentucky, the foothills of Appalachia. And, yeah. Um, kind of out in the country a little bit. But they they help out with that a lot too. So that way, because my, my wife's busy as well, and frees up time for her when I'm gone, because I'm going obviously more between the two of us. Right. But I work full time, I'm an art teacher as well. So. You know, I do a lot of weekend runs, and time that I'm off, I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, that's that's got to be difficult. I, I'm lucky enough right now to not have to worry about um, anyone else uh, back at home, so I, I get to go out a little bit longer. Maybe. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, you know, I think she understands it's some, something I'm passionate about. You yeah. Know, I think it's, it's past that hobby. <laughs> it's not a hobby, you know. It's a, yeah. It's basically a second career. You know, I'm doing two full-time jobs essentially so yeah that's that's a difficult thing um speaking of your
0: your parents and uh your your uh daughter um going back home you you, you uh said that y'all had the same linoleum in your uh oh man yeah kitchen. so that's funny
1: <laughs> i walk in here at will's place and the kitchen linoleum is the exact same linoleum that was at my <laughs> house when I, that I grew up in we were talking about that um <laughs>
0: I'm a, a friend of mine was wearing uh a shirt that was exact same um pattern as my uh grandma's couch <laughs> that's such a weird thing because uh I, I took a picture and sent it to my uh sister and was like what is this and she's like
1: grandma's couch it's i crazy. mean you know scents sights and sounds like they yeah. all you attach those to certain memories even music you know certain song like you yeah. attach it but it's definitely the exact same linoleum. It just kind of freaked me out. <laughs> Which is funny because you said your dad
0: put it down, and that is probably the ugliest linoleum Oh, I've it's terrible. Yeah, it's
1: terrible. I mean, it's, it you know, I mean, it, we're talking <laughs> like turquoise late, late 80s. He yeah. you knows when this happens, so. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we're we playing uh, Louisville tonight and. Uh, yeah, Highlands Tap Room. Highlands Tap Room. School taproom. bar. Yeah. It's a dive bar. I'd put it in the dive bar category. Cool. And, and uh, y- the. Who else is playing tonight? Um Tim uh the Tim DeLange, Tim DeLonge. Man, he's great. He's got a great baritone voice. Yeah, I'm excited to great
0: artist. to play. Um I've been kind of slowly getting into like the whole Kentucky, West Virginia area uh yeah. scene. I was telling you that yesterday. It's it's so interesting because I feel like I'm pretty up on like music in general
1: in this area, but there's like this whole scene in that area that's just like booming. I think so, man, and I, you know, several interviews I've I've discussed it because out of state because people have recognized it, and I think you know early on with Stapleton and Sturgill both coming out of Kentucky, yeah, you know, obviously put some spotlight there, and then with Tyler Childers really exploding with with his sound, yeah, um, he's paid his dues and he's worked hard for years, you know, ten years maybe or something, but over the course of like two years. When Purgatory hit, like he really, it really exponentially grew right. grew from where he's at, and I think uh, I I really contribute a lot of that scene to Tyler's success. I mean, he's helped a lot of us just to be heard too, and right. and secondly, and more importantly, I think it's a really tight net family, music family, music network. Um, yeah, y'all seem very supportive. I mean, you know, Chelsea Nolan just got on Tumbleweed. And a bunch, me and a bunch of friends did radio shows with her. She used to be a radio DJ in a uh, small town, Kentucky. I want to say Stanton, Kentucky. That could be incorrect, but um, in the gorge, Red yeah. River Gorge. And uh, you know, her brother Josh is a just a genius songwriter. But he plays every instrument, so he pops in different people's bands. And it's just this this idea that I'm going to help you because it's going to help you, and it's not tit for tat or I scratch your back kind of thing it's literally it's like hey I want to see you succeed you know I tried to get on Tumbleweed this year and I was so excited to see Chelsea Nolan laid back country picker he's a buddy of mine too yeah and you know they're all these friends through music we all uh, hold each other up lift each other up and likewise for you you know like I want that to be something because I really think that's why Kentucky's getting this spotlight is because everyone really, and and it's West Virginia, Southern Ohio, like that tri-state region, Ohio River Valley, you know, the Appalachia, like that region's really helping each other out and just trying to help each other grow. I'm actually literally getting chill bumps. That's so awesome. (laughs) It's, but it's true because like,
0: uh, you know, there's this mentality sometimes that like if you succeed, then I fail. And that's such a stupid way to look at it because if you succeed I succeed too you know like Man, we, we
1: all succeed together you know I grew up playing sports I grew up playing football I didn't play college but I played since I could you know since I could what third grade or whatever yeah and all the way through high school and I actually coached for a while um and that mentality why can't that mentality translate over into the arts right it should it happens all the time you have visual art shows that you know yeah jury shows is competitive but outside of that you have people that throw pop-up shows and art markets and things and they help each other out right and why can't music be that you know i'd I realize there's a level of competition there because it should be a healthy level of competition but it, it is sure yeah but i think that competition lands on people helping the other folks you know yeah uh, arlo mckinley uh he's a buddy of mine man he's he's exploding in the scene he's doing great things and he's uh he's with whiz bang bam who uh managed tyler childers and he's good friends with tyler and i've got to know arlo over the last few years and play shows with him and something that he said i thought was great because i I remember last time i chatted with him in person i was like man i'm so excited for you i'm so proud of you i'm so happy that you're just getting up there he had a you know a summer sessions video went over a million back around thanksgiving and that's i mean that's huge yeah and he was like hey man you know if, if i if i benefit you benefit not exactly. me personally just me being music friends
0: right yeah because it's like if you're authentically and i mean that's part of the reason why i'm doing this podcast is because i want to help all these people out that you know definitely deserve to be to be spotlighted and and it's not like oh you know, like some sort of competition, like, uh, I need to be better than someone else. It's like, I want to lift all these people up, you know? Sure, man. And I think that that's important. And, and it, you know, I think probably in art as well, you know, uh, you're, you're an artist as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, in, in the music community, we're all already all like
1: picked apart every, you know, moment sure, along man. the way, you know? Yeah. Or, so. uh, I mean, as subjective as art can be, there's still that level of of uh, rejection that's higher than most places you know yeah you go you go to college and you get a degree in let's say nursing, and you know it's a competitive market and you're trying to get in a certain hospital and maybe two or three hospitals turn you down, then you land that job at another yeah. place. And that may not be your dream job, but you might work there for a few years to step up into something else. Yeah. Well, that's only, you know, two or three rejections. Yeah. It's you know, like As every a musician, day. <laughs> over the course of a year, you've been rejected Hundreds. more than almost any other career choice. Yeah. And it's a normal, common thing. So dealing with that self-doubt, yeah. you know, struggles sometimes. So that's why having that community yeah. is so important. Like, I have a songwriter friend, Derek Spencer, He's uh, with the group The Roosters Crow But he's doing a solo album Getting ready to come out This year And he's an amazing songwriter One of my favorite songwriters But Me and him really good friends We've become close And we We chat music On the regular Like He's probably He's probably my go-to person That will text back and forth Or chat in, in person After shows Or something About Just the music industry Or an album coming out Or yeah. Hey man Check this song Check this scratch tra-. Like He's probably Next to my bandmates He's might be the only person I'll send a scratch track to. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I don't want to hear, you know how we are. It's got to be polished first before yeah. anybody hears it. So we'll send scratch tracks back and forth. It's like, hey, man, I just did this. It's half done. What do you think about it? And we'll give each other a critique. You know, it's like this safety zone that we can enter right. together. It's like he can say whatever he wants about that song because I know it's coming from a good place. Right, yeah. And then yeah, I, I may not use suggestions or I may use suggestions, but... That, that's important and i stress it every interview but i can't <laughs> i feel like i'm a talking head sometimes but it's it's so important that that networking and that i mean we're playing shows together this weekend why because yeah. we networked right and you know, we met at the we Nick we made that connection met at the nick Enjoy connected each online music. yeah, yeah. 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 had a similar enough style that we felt like we could play shows together yeah why not why would you not want to do that and what if, what thing, if yeah. next year you're on the cmas would i be mad about it right you know what i mean I mean, I'd probably cuss you under my breath, but, but <laughs> seriously, like, why wouldn't I would want me. that? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And and that's that's kind of the thing was like, oh, Nashville's a really hard market if you're outside, and so like whenever Very. I meet someone that's from a different market that like really deserves to be in the market, like I want to help bring them in. You know, I appreciate it, man. Definitely I really one of do. the
1: reasons I wanted to bring you in because it's
0: it's a tough nut to crack.
1: It's taking it is three a tough years. market, and but understandably so because there's yeah. people that made a decision like you. To transplant themselves to move here to settle in and make connections and do your thing and and try to make something in Nashville work and I mean we can sit and talk about the you know the the nature of modern country music that's a whole different <laughs> podcast probably but in but the people that are circle around <laughs> become local to Nashville are are doing what they're trying to do to make those connections and some of them are songwriting for publishing companies some people yeah. are just out gigging. You know, on Broadway, you're doing whatever they got to do. And I respect the fact that it is a hard market to get into as an outsider because there is so many people here. Yeah. You know, it's a flooded market, essentially, if you look at it in a business standpoint. So, yeah, I appreciate coming in and playing a couple shows, you know. Well, one of the good things about getting uh, people outside of of
0: Nashville is that, like, you do get a different sound and different uh, perspective, which is really good because – There's there's certain markets you know like you go around town and there's definitely like the guys that are all wanting to write for like Luke Bryan and Florida Georgia Line which yeah sure radio um, yeah yeah those guys and then there's the guys that you know have been doing it since like the '60s and '70s that you know are doing the old older country you know there's these uh, up and comers that uh, you know I tend to put more on the podcast that are like more like uh, newer songwriters that are you know big fans of like guy clark and and towns van Zant and all these 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 guys that are just like songwriters songwriters you know and um so there's like all these different groups of songwriters in town um but then you go out to to um other markets and you get like like um in louisiana my friend the Rayo brothers or you guys or you know just something that's like a a, for me a breath of fresh air because i only know like all these yeah nashville Groups, so it's really cool to see some some uh, different music coming out, and
1: like Els community is just really turning out some good stuff. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, and I I love listing people like on Facebook or Instagram, and, like throwing people out that I know personally. Yeah, because not because I know them personally, it's because man, this is good stuff. <laughs> right? You know, like I want I want to scream it from a mountaintop. Yeah, and I tell you an idea that I stole to bring up <laughs> Tyler Childers again, but I got. I pre ordered Purgatory and then when I got the C D in the mail I opened it and when I pulled the C D out of the tray, um I can't remember if it was out of the tray or if it was on you know the stock, I can't remember the packaging, but nonetheless there was a list of his friends. It's like, Hey, listen to these guys kind of thing. Really? People to listen to or something like that. And it was a list of I mean fifty maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, small font of just his friends. And a lot of them are those people from that region, the West Virginia, yeah. Cincinnati, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Central Eastern Kentucky people. And a lot of them I knew personally. And I was like, dude, I am stealing that idea. So when The Wind came out, which we're re- reissuing it, but when the first version of that came out, I did that, man. Yeah. He pulled the CD off the tray, and it was like, people I've shared a stage with Yeah, listen to these people. And it was just people that i believed in you know that i believe that has something quality for folks that need to listen to it and uh you know a few people that knew my music and didn't really know tyler childers is like oh man this is great and i was like listen i stole this idea <laughs> i want to make sure everybody knows that i borrowed the idea because i thought it was such an admirable thing yeah to post and it wasn't it wasn't like it's such a good thing when it's such a good feeling when you're actually fans of your friends you know oh man it's great yeah um I don't, I mean, I typically, it's not always, but if I'm booking a bill or if I'm part of choosing the lineup, yeah, I won't, even if it's somebody I know personally, if I don't like their stuff or I don't think, maybe not like, but if I just feel like it's eh, it's not yeah. really a good mix, I'm not going to do it. I want to show to be something that people are like, man, like each, yeah, you know, all three or four of these acts were great. yeah, you know, like there's really no headliner kind of idea. Because, you know, there's – you share bills. It's not really a headliner, you know. Yeah. Like you share bills. You know, whoever Especially plays last point, isn't really yeah. a headliner when you're playing in front right. of fifty people, right? Exactly. Um, there might be a time where I'm a headliner. It might yeah, be great. But <laughs> right yeah, now, know, I where feel more like yeah. I'm sharing a bill with friends and acquaintances that ha- have some quality yeah. to put out there. You know. Speaking of last night kirsten maxwell Holy yeah crap, wow man. man her voice I'm, I'm a fan of hers I'm, she was yeah, so good i linked up with her on the socials and everything and i was like right yeah too yeah so but, uh so um it was an amazing voice yeah kirsten yeah, maxwell right? kirsten maxwell yeah, yeah. Uh, ben around.
0: delacour um suggested her for that show and yeah. uh um, I just you know because I trust Ben's opinion. He's a really good songwriter and he's friends with her. He was like, yeah, you should put her on the bill. And then when we got it together, uh, I hadn't even heard her yet, and she just came out of the gate. And I was yeah, like, when she started rap, just her quick little sound lyrics. check. I was
1: already captivated. Yeah. So it, it was great. That's always cool too when you're when you you. And she couldn't be a nicer person. I know that always gives you like in my for me personally it always gives a, a nod to you is like oh, wow you're an amazing person to work with. Yeah, and you sound like that. So yeah, let's do some shows. Yeah, yeah totally. Definitely gonna have to get her on the podcast because <laughs> yeah. she's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm,
0: I'm a fan. Um, two other records this year um, of friends of mine that they're both on the Gulf Coast. That like I'm legitimately a fan of uh, is uh, Clay Parker and Jody James. I don't know. Oh cool. Heard of them? No, I
1: have to look them up after we're done. They're from sure.
0: Baton Rouge, and if if you haven't heard their album, you need to hear it. It's so good. It's very like um, it's it's very like. Gillian and Dave, or like, okay, um, Graham and Emmy Lou, or something sure. like that. It's got that kind of vibe to it, it's so good. And uh, Underhill Family Orchestra, they've been on the podcast previously, but they've been my friends for like 12 years, and uh, they're at a mobile and they're just killing it. They yeah. put out a new record, and it's just so good. And it's
1: cool that, Man, like, i are gonna have to list all these people so I can check it yeah,
0: out later. Yeah, <laughs> I will. It's just cool to like, like, I legitimately, on a regular basis, listen to their albums and really, yeah, enjoy sure. It. So it's, it's really cool when that happens. Cause. I,
1: I like that, too. My wife has teased me before. She goes, you just listen to your, – do your all's friends just listen to each other's music? Yeah. like, yeah, kind of, I guess. Yeah. You know, she didn't mean it facetiously. She was just kind of cracking at me. But totally, I you know, Derek Spencer sent me – I have a couple tracks on my phone that he has sent me. Uh, it's not released or whatever. I listen to them. Arlo McKinley's album from 2014. Yeah. Um, His What's new album's going to drop. Uh, His first album – Man, maybe self-titled. I'm embarrassed right now. Uh, uh, Arlo McKinley and the Lonesome Sound is, is okay. band name. So. It's on Spotify. Yeah, if you look iTunes. that up, it's the only. It's the only album. Yeah. So Die, Mid- Die Midwestern is uh, his new album coming out, but it's it's yeah. not. It hasn't dropped yet,
0: folks. Y'all are on iTunes right now, so uh, since you're listening to this podcast, just just switch on over and uh, pick up that album. Pick up all these albums we're talking about. Yeah, Give these people some money. So you, you said there's two new tracks on the re-release. What uh what are the songs that you? Yeah,
1: um, I, so I played them at the shows last night. Uh, one's Oh Lord, and uh, the other is Ghost. Yeah. Um, and Ghost is uh, coming from somewhere in my past. So not when I wrote it, it was actually not something I was emotionally attached to, but it was just like thinking about kind of a past part, you know, like an an ex, yeah, you know, like a, a, a nasty split up kind of kind of idea um i'd i'd been divorced previously and uh same yeah so that song's not necessarily directly about it but i was kind of like harnessing trying to like think back like okay how did i feel in that situation and this is kind of what the song's about so it's like a ghost we all have a ghost behind us yeah at some point and that ghost may not stay with us right yeah but yet it's there that's um,
0: interesting because I wrote a song. It was the last album, uh, a song I wrote for the new album that I'm recording, and it's called "Living with Ghosts." And there's yeah. a line in there oh, about wow. okay. uh, X is
1: kind of referring yeah, to Max. Sure, that's, that's I mean, interesting. That's, you know, and I think I want most of my songs to be just very emotionally r- relatable. Yeah, because that's my favorite music, you know, and that's the songs that I want people to grab onto and not all of my stuff is a personal connection, but, but I would say well over 80% of what I write is a personal connection. Yeah. And then Oh Lord is, it's the heaviest song I've ever written. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, it's really, um, yeah, it really is. It truly is. I don't know if it's the saddest sounding song, but it's definitely the heaviest song. Um, I had this reoccurring dream about my granny and she was holding my mom crying, and it was at a funeral. But I'd wake up and I never remember which funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, as sad as it sounds, it's a true thing because you know our family's lost so many. My my granny specifically, that side of the family has lost. It's my mom's mom, and and they've lost so many people to cancer and. Yeah, and I had a cousin that was burned alive over a bad drug deal, you know, and that's actually in one of the verses and. We had this Jeez. clinic moved in, Yeah, this doctor that was based out of Ashland, Kentucky, had like two or three people working for him, and it was so odd, as there were doctors, you know, and they were running these clinics, and they, for $100, you could get a script for Oxycontin or Oxycodone or Hydrocodone or something, yeah. some kind of painkiller. You know, this is so messed up, and you would drive by this clinic, and then my uncle used to own the building, it used to be a grocery store, and it was no bigger than maybe this house, just a small little shop. Yeah. And the clinic would have a line of, like, 50 people out the door. I mean, hell, I live in a town, Garrison, Kentucky, 1,400 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is that, 8% of the population's like, yeah. in line to get, you know, and it's just these small towns, and they take advantage of that, and they were making, you know, money money left and right just from these people addicted to these painkillers. And so that's kind of part of the song, too. And then, you know, I, I'm not a real religious man, and yeah. sometimes I have no problem with faith and people that, that yeah. subscribe to that, but sometimes it, it masks the real problem. Totally. And, yeah, know, it's like, it's, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, amen, oh, Lord is the chorus. It's like, that's just, you know, it's singing a hymn and masks the fact that this person that we're here yeah. putting in the ground was burned alive by, by a bad drug deal or – died of cancer or was you know whatever you know these things that there are a tangible scientific solution to or or a help for or you know i want to focus on that let's put our energy in that and that's kind of that's why i say it's so heavy because i you know my family members are really religious and i don't want to offend my family they're the last people i want to offend right but it is my perspective and I, i wanted to be as honest as can be and so those those are the two songs we're adding and you know they're they are they were very emotional for me to to piece together but I think that's important sometimes. So you um <laughs> this freaking cat. Um so you you uh you
0: you have tw- like you said 20 or 30 songs in the pipeline for next records already ready to
1: go. Yeah, I, I mean I do yeah a couple dozen uh not full but I definitely have a lot of ideas, yeah. and things. That,
0: What's your like writing process look like? Is it a daily thing,
1: a weekly? Man, thing, I, I would love for it to be it, a daily, sure. but I'm also, like I said, you know, my my day job. I'm an yeah. art teacher too. So, and and a husband and a dad of two year old, and you got to find the time. Yeah, yeah. So when I, you know, I don't write. I'm gonna. Um. So I've got the re-release, bunch of tour dates and things. So I'm gonna like look at the schedule once I get some things settled and booked, and definitely piece out a time late spring middle of the summer to where it's just three or four days straight of yeah i'm gonna go hang out somewhere you know away from my house and just sit down with my guitar yeah and and by myself you know and just kind of kind of focus on it yeah and no real ideas just at least give me that opportunity to maybe turn out two or three new new songs that will go on a future record do
0: you um you like write little voice memos to yourself. Oh yeah, it. my yeah. voice
1: memo. on My phone is just it's, packed full. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I recently switched phones, so like I've got you know my my cloud folder of full of the old ones, and then yeah. I've got you know I just have this phone for three months, and I've probably already had like fifty <laughs> I know. messages on it. So or the voice recordings. That's a yeah, big. I mean, that's that's real handy. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I, I got like a, the two hundred <laughs> and fifty six gig. Yeah. Glad sure. I did because I yeah. have so many voice memos yeah. of just like. Ideas, guitar licks, uh vocal, yeah, you know, whatever. So
1: yeah, I definitely have a couple dozen ideas, but as far as songs, um, you know, I, I do have one that I'm playing live that's not on a record, um, and then I've got two other ones that are almost finished. So I would say by the year's end, I'll have the material probably. Yeah, um, if not, I'll be close to that. But I'm really going to focus this year on the re-release. Right. Uh, with the record label, with Eastwood Records, and yeah. the PR company, um, that's going to you know push that and the publicist along with that for a few months. So that's going to go through the end of April. Yeah, and I really don't want to interfere with that. I want to make sure we. My focus is on touring and doing that. Yeah, uh, and if if I happen upon some ideas and record them, put them on my phone. That's great. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to wait until later when that's all done to really sit down and focus on the next. Do you record. ever co-write?
0: Is that something that you've ever attempted to do not
1: really i'd love to i know i have friends here in nashville obviously you and yep. noah smith he comes down here he works half weeks yeah uh, i'm not sure what publishing company but he works he co-writes and right. i've had a few people ask me if if i'd be interested and I, I if i made the time i think i think it could be fun
0: yeah it's it's a good time um I think for me, I always go in with uh, zero expectations that it's going to be a song that <laughs> I sing, you know. You're right, yeah. Because you just got to. Probably them the use better hit. way of doing
1: it. It's kind of like painting. You, you, I'm sure. Or do you paint or draw? I uh, I used to paint quite a bit. Now I do a lot of graphic stuff. I do like yeah. poster designs and logos and album art and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, like with painting or whatever, it's like you can't paint thinking it's going to be hanging on a wall
1: somewhere. You yeah. Just gotta yeah paint. You just do mm-hmm. the work. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes you do a commission, which is similar to probably writing for a publishing company. Totally is. I'll tell you what, man, I'll be the first to admit to my own flaws. I used to have a real negative opinion about people that wrote just for publishing companies. Yeah. I I really did. I think it's because I I write and a lot of my friends write from an emotional side. It's like a personal thing. And, uh, I was wrong to think that, but I did think that. And, uh, I listened to a podcast with Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. and I mean Stapleton moved down here when he was young, I think maybe twenty or something. Yeah, he's cut. Some, he's good, and, got some really he, good cuts. But he, you know, uh-huh. as much as I'm not a huge fan of uh radio friendly pop country, um, he's written a bunch of hits. Yeah, and Luke Bryan, one of his biggest hits, yep. was a Chris Stapleton song. Yep, and I had to kind of come to terms with that because I think you know I hold Stapleton up as as a a prime example of Kentucky songwriters and somebody that's good country. <laughs> that's, that's really solid. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I really had to delve into my own thoughts about it as a, as a grown adult man, <laughs> you know, like I really had to sit and think, well, well, no, hold on. Maybe I had this wrong. Yeah. And what he said in that interview that stuck with me so well was a few things. And the, the biggest one was that there's something for everybody. And, it's not easy to write a number one song, even if it is for a pop country or, yeah. you know, pop music or whatever. So, anyone that sits around and talks about how easy it would be to write a pop country hit hasn't done it. I was like, that's fair. And he also said that you know things he chooses to cut for his record, albeit a song he wrote or something he wants to cut. It's something that he wants to be on that record. Yeah. He's like, I just think about it this way. What's something I would want to listen to? He yeah. said, that's what I put on my records. And and he said, I write other songs for publishing companies. And he said, I've been paying bills doing that since I was in my early 20s. And he also mentioned the Steel Drivers and Johnson Brothers, two yeah. bands that he was in, a bluegrass and a rock band. And he said, I was able to do that, knowing that I wouldn't get paid a lot of money in those groups and tour with them because I was making money writing these songs for these publishing companies. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, at the end of the day... Is that so different than having a day job? Yeah. Is it that... You know, is it that hurtful to my pride or ego to admit that he's making money, providing for his family, providing for himself, at least, or whatever, Yeah, doing something he's good at and that he loves? And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. That's fair enough. And... I, it doesn't mean i have to uh, respect or um enjoy the music of of popular country that that i don't care for yeah but i can at least sit back and i also don't exert a lot of energy hating and verbally and publicly hating these groups yeah. you know why i would rather do what we did talk about earlier you know hold each other up yeah the things i believe in i'm going to spend energy on things i don't believe in i am not going to spend energy on it's a waste time for me personally so you know yeah and i mean there's there's a
0: lot of good country still out there and and i think that there's a lot of really good songwriting going on in even in the mainstream country the problem is that the, the ones that get selected to the top aren't or are, they have to be more palatable for the masses you know and so mm-hmm. like the, the they're, you know, Stapleton and those guys might be doing like a, an album cut, a lot of album cuts for these mm-hmm. artists. That's great, but it's not going to ever be on the radio too, you know? Yeah, sure. That's part of it as well. And yeah. And there's no shame in that. you know. No, I would not at all. Love, I would, yeah, we could talk crap all day, but if Luke Bryan picked one of my songs to be on his album, <laughs> Luke Bryan's getting my song. No, of course. <laughs> I
1: mean, we were chatting about Travis Meadows yesterday and, and, uh, I, I love his songwriting. I think he's great and he's got some pretty big time cuts that were made out there but uh i saw him at the borough in lexington and met him and uh you know got him to sign a vinyl and stuff and just i just you know basically told him i was like man i really love your songwriting i'm glad you're still out here out here pushing your own stuff because he could very well just sit sit at the house you know and just keep writing these songs and getting them cut i mean kenny chesney just cut one of his songs yeah mid 2018 or whatever like why wouldn't he the guy that signed yeah. your
0: guitar, he did Murder on Music Row. What's his name? Oh, Larry Cordell. Larry, Larry <laughs> yeah, Cordell, yeah. Uh,
1: Dude, I'll tell you about that show. I played in a place called Willie's Locally Known in Lexington, and uh, Larry Cordell was was there. It was like this benefit thing, and and um, uh, a buddy from Paducah, Faith, he was on, on the bill. and uh, So yeah, it was Larry Cordell, and uh, he wrote Highway 40 Blues, too. Yeah. And he co-wrote Murder on Music Row. But... uh I was like, and Ricky Skaggs is from Kentucky, so Highway Forty that's like an anthem for Kentucky, yeah. you know. It's a, so I was like, Mister Cordell, you wrote Highway Forty Blues. Will you please sign my guitar, you know? And he <laughs> just thought it, he got a kick out of that because you know I played the show with him. Yeah. I was like, he's like, man, you had a great voice. I was like, that's an awesome compliment, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, he's so uh, just unaware that he's Larry Cordell. I mean, <laughs> that's I was, great, you know. He just played, great. he just played a show with Tyler, and they yeah. all Tyler's band came out and joined him on Highway Forty. I saw videos of that. I had some friends at that show, but yeah, just a sweetheart, man. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's he's up there. He's kind of like a John Prine of bluegrass, really. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's very lesser known for whatever reason, but yeah, he's a great songwriter, and it was it was an honor to meet him. I'm actually playing another gig with him in uh, Olive Hill, Kentucky, coming up in March. Uh, there's All a right. bunch of us playing. A, it's a, another benefit. And that's another thing. You know, Larry Cordell's doing some benefit shows for people. Like, yeah, you know, that's awesome. I like when stuff like that happens. But
0: um, going back, just circling around, around to the uh, the you know make cutting a number one hit. Um, I I like the story about Tom T. Hall because that dude. Yeah, like he's
1: from Olive Hill, Kentucky. Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah. like Tom T. Hall
0: two decades everything he wrote went number one yeah i mean that's so hard to do like that's crazy and and you know it was good song our
1: perspective of something that's decades ago yeah you know it you know we see you know how history was written but we also hear it with fresh ears so there may have been people back then while he was writing complaining about him you know yeah and that's so true. You know what I'm saying? I kind of think of that sometimes, too. So I try to like pull myself back off the ledge of making fun of all these bands I don't like. Yeah, well, I, I, not to get... It's just not
0: fair to do, you too know. Too deep into it. But basically, uh, since the 90s, um, there was a uh, there was something that Clinton signed uh, called the Telecommunications Act, I think in 1992, which allowed... Uh, corporations to cross own other media companies and yeah. when that happened that's when the whole clear channel started and that's whenever uh, yeah okay. before every radio station was independently owned they could choose their own music right well, then these larger corporations started buying out these radio yeah. g- markets and uh then of course if they own records record labels they're going to put their records yeah. on the radio and so 100%. then it became yeah it became all the top 40 was consistent which is nice because it's consistent uh across the board i guess in some ways it, it has its benefits but the negative backlash is that, like, it's really hard to break into now, you know?
1: Yeah, man. And I've I've heard stories, and obviously you hear horror stories, but I've heard stories of, you know, independent record labels getting a smaller artist charting. Yeah. You know, Americana charts, country charts, or whatever. And, you know, and then that weekend, one of these big labels will put out a best of record and <laughs> or something, or, you know, or put them. something out, a remastering or something, and then... And then, yeah, putting all this money into, it and then moving those people out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that actually happened yeah. to me, you funny know? enough. Um, on East Nashville Blues, uh, on the I was uh, on the Americana charts, and I was climbing, and uh, I got in the top 200. And then Steve Earle, oh, well. Jason Isbell, uh, <laughs> so, someone else like three or four huge records. Yeah, came the big out dogs that. moved and I, in.
1: And you're like, bye, so bye, close. will, yeah, see you, will, yeah. It's been nice <laughs> knowing you, man. I mean that's nice. It's exactly been nice not thing. knowing it, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I was seeing a little bit of ra- a radio play uh, earlier in the cycle of that album, and then uh, all these like I mean they were all really great albums. Sure, and they, yeah, they definitely deserve to <laughs> to climb up. The was records. it the Nashville sound? Was that what came out? Nashville sound, well. yeah, um, yeah. And then I can't remember what Steve rolls with. Ter- no, not Terry. Ter. I can't but, he yeah, but he had a new He's record. Done something and, else coming it up. It might have been a tribute album or something. I just read, I forgot. Childers probably came out that around that time too. Yeah, purgatory, like maybe. By,
1: uh, yeah, it's a crazy industry. I've learned a lot just sort of this baptism by fire. I really just started off playing music and then writing music and then How long have you been doing it for? Like seriously. Um, seriously? seriously? Yeah. Oh, a good ten years. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. It was later, a little bit later in life. I was in my twenties when I started performing so I, I started playing guitar freshman year of college my best friend kevin had a guitar and he was always in metal bands and stuff and i always tagged along yeah watched the shows and things and then i was like man i think i could play guitar and he let me play on his this Ibanez electric he had and i'd play in my dorm room with no amp just you know he'd show me some chords and i just took it from there yeah and uh yeah got my first guitar a little cheap Ibanez electric a little practice amp yeah and then... Uh, I think I had that same one. Got a, you know, crappy composite back acoustic. <laughs> yes, yeah. so I had those two guitars for a long time, several years. And then, uh, yeah, I was a, at this point, I'm, I was in Lexington finishing up college. And then um, a good friend of mine, Jimmy, played bass. And we would jam together. And then eventually we started a band. And uh, we started out just doing like 10 covers. And we played a party and yep. a couple other little small gigs. And then... Uh, Me and Steven, the guitar player, and uh, bass player Jimmy all developed a metal band called Modern Day Relic that became Modern Day Relic. Yeah, over three different bands or whatever. Yeah. So did that for a while and played shows, wrote original music. um, And and then me and Stump started different projects, rock and roll. It's called Alcatraz Shakedown. We're still together, so we still play. What's it called? Alcatraz Shakedown. We got a show in Lexington coming up March 1st. Um, we don't play real often. Off, I mean, I'm obviously busy with the solo stuff, like my Americana stuff, yeah, and touring and things. And then, you know, everyone has kids and a career, so everybody's got right other obligations. So we we try to make it work. And we're try to we're trying to write some new music right now. So hopefully, we'll have an EP coming out at some point. All right. Um, that's you know, obviously we don't spend all our time on it, but we're definitely wanting to keep it going because it's a fun project. And we've, and we've got yeah, we've got stuff on online, so iTunes or uh, Spotify or whatever, Alcatraz Shakedown, we've got uh, our first album that was self-recorded, and yeah. then we have an EP.
0: Sweet. And um, your website is com. Yeah,
1: ericbolander.com. Um,
0: uh, so, let's talk about, uh, we're going to get you to play a song for uh, the podcast, and we're going to do a video of it and everything, yeah, cool. but um, are you going to, what song do you think you'll do?
1: Um, I think I'll do Oh Lord. Oh Lord? Since it's one yeah. coming on the re-release. Um Perfect. Um, I'd like to get kind of people's ears on that and excited about the re release. Yeah, well let's take a listen.
2: Sure works in Mysterious pain River bends Takes another life Granny weeps And holds my mother tight Oh Lord Oh Lord Hey man another light (laughs) granny weeps and holds my mother tight
0: so glad to have eric bolander on the show um thank you for listening um please support by sharing this episode with friends that you care about and uh think that might be interested make sure that you follow us rate us um Give us all them stars. Give us reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and whatever podcast platform you are currently using. Um, Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Make sure you check out my Indiegogo campaign. Just search for Will Payne Harrison, P-A-Y-N-E should come up. The lowest tier will get you the uh, special episode of this podcast with uh, Stephen Dunn hosting. And it just goes up from there. We got t-shirts and mugs and all that fun stuff. Also, make sure that you check out Eric's new record. Today is the 27th where when it's dropping, and uh, so in two days, that's Friday, it's dropping. Actually, the same day as Rayo Brothers' record, so while you're at it, pick up both the Rayo Brothers' new record, Victim and Villain, and Eric Bolander's new record, The Wind. You won't be disappointed. Both great artists. Uh, thanks so much again for listening, and um, we'll see you next time with Clay Parker and Jody James.